Hello, everyone. I am uh, Mike Matthews. I'm one of the independent living coordinators here at Disparate Option Network. You are tuning in to the 724 Network podcast, and I have several of my coworkers here are, uh, that will be co- helping me co-host the podcast each week. We are part of the independent living movement, and to sum it up for you a little bit, we believe um, in the movement that people with disabilities had the right to control their life and the decisions around them. Uh, in, uh, independent living can be uh, uh, defined differently by people, and it, and it doesn't mean all the time you have to do everything independently, but you control how it is done. The independent living way is one of consumer control peer support, self-help, self-determination, equal access, individual and system advocacy, leadership skills, empowerment, independent living skills, and full inclusion with full inclusion of people with disabilities into the main, in, into mainstream America society. I first got involved with independent living when I was 17. I was born with cerebral palsy, and the way I got involved is I wrote an article about how I was being discriminated against in my local high school, and the advocate from my local cell at the time called me and said, do you do you want to be able to use your anger for good? And that's how I got involved with the independent living movement. And, and then the CEO of the cell took me on a disability rights advocacy event and said you get paid to do this to be a paid troublemaker. So, so that's how I got involved. And I went to college and came back and worked at my original sale for about eight years. And then I joined Disability Options Network in 2012. And I was here for four years. And then I went away for five years. But I've been back since March. So that is a little bit about my background in independent living. Now I'm going to hand it off to, uh, we're just going to go around the table here. So Max, you want to introduce yourself? So my name is Max Kletchy. I'm an independent living coordinator here at the show. Um, I have been uh, disabled from both. I have a book to feel called Amy Other Band Syndrome. Um, I, um, I, um, been part of the independent living movement. I actually didn't know anything about the independent living movement or what a center for independent living was, um, um, so I started working for one and I contacted, uh, one of my friends who was the deputy director and said, hey, Give me a job. So I've been working here since um, 2018, and uh, we uh, we are currently in our location um, in Greensburg, and we moved in here in 2000, October 2019, and we've kind of been here ever since. Um, independent living is important to me because it's important to me personally, so I enjoy 
um, giving it to other people or try to. Um, so we're really excited about the podcast and really hope that it can help anybody who listens to it. And uh, that's me. So, KT, do you want to kind of go next? Sure. Hi, everyone. My name is Katie Smith, and um, I'm another independent living coordinator at Disability Options Network. Um, I didn't always have a disability like Mike and Max both have. I um, had a spinal cord injury at the age of 21 in 2007. I was in an accident and broke my neck, and some of those bones injured my spinal cord, and I became paralyzed from about the chest down. So I'm unable to walk. I'm unable to do. It affects my. Um, it affects my nerve pain. It affects the way that I function. It affects you know my hands and my trunk. So I'm a lot weaker. And but it um, allows me to be empowered in a lot of different ways as well. So I learned a lot from having a disability. But um, I got involved with the independent living movement um, when I acquired a disability and became really, you know, understanding of disabilities in the community and the barriers that everyone faces that has disabilities. And so having to navigate that, having to navigate going back to school, having to navigate moving back home and living um, in the community. And... I worked statewide with youth and young adults with disabilities to help them develop independent or not independent living skills, but to help them develop leadership and advocacy skills. Um, until last year in June, I joined the SIL here to work with youth and young adults in Westmoreland County to help them develop those self-advocacy and leadership skills, but also independent living skills. But we work with people with disabilities throughout the lifespan because disability affects you throughout your life. And I'm excited to see what we can do and the reach that we can have with this podcast as well. And here's my coworker, Mike Adams. Thanks for the introduction. Like Katie said, I'm Mike Adams. I'm also an independent living coordinator here at the SIL. Um, I've been here for a little over a year. I'm also a personal trainer and, and I help run the wellness program for the SIL for people with disabilities. So just to help them become more active and uh, feel better about themselves and feel like they can accomplish more. Um, I was born with spina bifida, so I've been dealing with my disability all my life. So therefore, I've been, um, you know, encountering lots of barriers and figuring out how to get around them and make my life a little bit easier. So my goal is to, working at the SIL, is to help people learn how to become more independent and get past everything that's a little more challenging with their disability. So excited to see where we can take this podcast and hopefully we can help some more people. All right, now that you guys have met the crew, today I wanted to talk about your guys' experience with uh, a topic that is near to my heart too. Is Ed Roberts, who was the father of independent, I mean, he he was at the he was the first, second show director of 
the Berkeley sale, he said that the number one issue is still that we face is still old attitudes towards us. And those old attitudes see us as helpless and unable. However, disability can make you very strong and very able. So I wanted to put the question to the group. How have negative attitudes impacted your life with a disability? And how has what you learned in independent living helped you overcome those barriers, negative attitudes towards us? Because it's going to be different for all of us because, like Katie said, you acquired disability. Uh, someone like me and Max and Mike, we grew up with one. So you may have encountered it different, but I just want to put that out there. I mean, I could, you know, start with that. Not having a disability for the first 21 years of my life, I navigated. I didn't worry about curb cutouts. I didn't worry about how to get into the doors. I didn't worry about people actually seeing me and, um, and talking to me appropriately and not talking to the person who's with me, assuming that I'm not able to communicate or they don't want to communicate with me because they don't know how. I didn't deal with any of that for the first 21 years of my life. So I was sort of thrust into it immediately in a moment. And so I very vividly saw the stark difference of living life with a disability versus living life without a disability. So there's negative comments and, um, and you know, ideas about disability were very apparent to me and they were very frustrating and they ended up becoming very motivating to want to raise awareness and you know, talk to people about the right way to do things and how they're doing it wrong. I had to learn, though, how to do that um, diplomatically and mm -hmm. not just do it the way I really wanted. Because to make a difference, you really have to say things in a way that people are going to hear it and they're not just going to hear the... Um, the tone of voice you're doing it in or the certain words you use before you give them the reason. Yeah. Unlike Katie, I am born with my disability, so I've never <coughs> seen that say the other side, you know, they always say the grass is green on the other side, but I don't think that's true. Um, but um, so, you know, it might be harder for somebody that has born with a disability to understand the differences mm -hmm. uh, because I never viewed it on the other side. When, but I will say, you know, living with a disability, you, <clears throat> you view the world differently. You know, I'll, I'll go out with friends of mine that aren't disabled and <clears throat> they'd say, oh, let's go to the bar. And my first question is, is it accessible? And then my question is, can I get into the bathroom? You know, <clears throat> living without a disability, you don't really have to worry about those things. So you just don't think of it. I mean, you just don't have to. Which is nice, but, you know, for us, living with a disability, I think we just view the world in a different realm. Mm. Um, and uh, I think that, 
you know, attitudes have gotten better over the years. The better PR for us. I mean, the Olympics happened. I mean, disability with all over, you know, NBC Chan, you know, watching the Paralympics. Um, I think it'll get better. I mean, there's still a lot to do, but mm-hmm. I mean, I think attitudes have gotten better. The thing I will, I think about when I think about attitudes, what do people think about people with disabilities when they go home? You know, I mean, you can, <clears throat> you know, have, you know, in the workplace, you're not supposed to discriminate, but, you know, what What do you think when you go home? Do, do you tell your, tell your kids about people with disabilities? Do you... Did you did you view them in a good light? Did you not did you not talk about it at all? So that's kind of the thing that I think of. Um, what about people? Have you ever had anyone view try and view you as helpless or you can't do something because of your disability? I mean, I, I think all the time because I mean, I drive a Toyota Tacoma truck, which uh, I love it, um, but people add to help me all the time and I'm thinking in the back of my mind, don't they know that I can do this by myself? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, how do you they think I got here by myself? I mean, I'll have people that, you know, really think that I really need the help and I can't do it on my own. And I'm like, do you realize that I got here by myself? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so that's one thing that I come to my mind. What about you, Mike? Any experience that, like, personally, like, negative attitudes? Like Max said, I have a lot of times, like, people just, you go to pump your gas and go back to getting your vehicle, and the people are, you know, standing over you, ask, constantly asking if you need help or if you need, like, they want to make sure you get in your vehicle okay. And it's like, like Max said, we got here by ourselves. We can leave by ourselves. Yeah. Um, I think sometimes you don't understand that, um, um, you know, to let somebody help you sometimes makes it harder. Would you agree with that, Mike? Yeah, I mean, you have a system. People don't realize you have a system getting in your vehicle, and whenever they try to take over, it just messes you up and takes longer. Mm-hmm. And, it does more harm than good. You, you mean so people trying to help me, it's not it's because of my disability and not because I'm a beautiful woman? <laughs> Is that what we're saying here? I mean, people might hate on you because you're a beautiful woman and trying to help you might be that, that way that they hit on you. I mean, oh, there you go. You never know. But the, <laughs> the question of, you know, can I help you? And then when you say when you say no, I'm fine. They still want to come. Are you sure? Are you sure yeah. you're okay? And then um, the second question, if I say yes, should be how can I help you? But yeah. they just start grabbing yeah. stuff. Yeah. Like whenever you Sometimes say you're you. good, and, yeah. And they still insist on trying to help. Yeah, like I'm okay with people asking me you know, if I need help because I mean. Everybody needs help every once in a while, right? But if I say no, I'm good. Don't just go away. Leave me alone. I don't want to. I don't want you to help me because I don't need your help. But you know, I I appreciate the gesture, but when I say no, I take a no. <laughs> I would rather people offer 
help than ignore me. Yeah. But when I do, you know, refuse help, I, I would rather them not keep badgering to, to help me and take it as a polite gesture rather than being offended by it. At the same time, we can't get frustrated at people because then that affects the way that they would respond to someone else who might actually need help too. So it's this constant balancing act uh, that is a, is a frustration and really could be helped by disability awareness being in organizations and in schools and kids learning about disability just like they learn about the civil rights. Yeah, and I, and I think it's a generational thing too because years ago when my son was a baby, I took him and his uh, uh, car carrier uh, to Johnny to a store and uh, people were trying, I was having a hard time putting him on the shopping cart and someone came rushing to help me. And then an older, uh, older person said, how can he be allowed to be here by himself with his baby? And someone goes, people with disabilities, I didn't say this, someone else goes, it looks like he's his father. And the woman goes, no way. And I was like, yes, I'm his dad, ma'am. And I just rolled away. Well, that's why I think that things are getting better, you know, that more awareness out there. You know, we still have a lot to go, but over generations, I think that more and more and more, you know, I mean, something I think about is, you know, think about the Civil Rights Act for, uh, you know, people of color. Um, that happened, what, in the 80s uh, or the 70s? What year did the, uh, the Civil Rights Act? 1960s. So think about you know, all civil rights act of the ADA just happened in 1992. So, you know, all civil rights are kind of the younger um, civil rights act, um, what happened in 92. So, you know, I mean, and people kind of are still being discriminated, discriminated against. So it didn't take that much longer for for people with disabilities to fight that discrimination um, in my eyes. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I mean, we, it's twofold. It's like, I go back to what Katie said about realizing like accessibility issues when you get a disability and and waking up to that. And and I think attitudinal barriers and physical barriers go hand in hand. Um, I, when you, when people, when we get the word out about independent living and accessibility, and I, I think we do that by making people see us as real humans first, when they realize like, you know, we could be your sister, your brother, your uncle, your dad, like once they realize we are people living a life. Um, I think it does good when people see, knowing that, Max, like, with your disability, you can drive, and I can drive with cerebral palsy, and Katie can drive, and Mike, and, and we're independent, and and I, I know it's interesting. I'm in a stage, a stage of life, in my own life, where I'm getting to see, through the eyes of my girlfriend, her world eyes and the way people react to me. 
And she's like, oh, wow, people really do. Some people really do react weird to disabilities. And it's good to see, you know, to have that conversation. Like, even she's learning about what we go through, too. So, but, okay, let's, let's have some, po- like, let's have some, let's end the podcast on some positive notes uh, in the world of disability. Like, you mentioned the Paralympics or or did they just end? I think that's they still going, going on. on. That's okay. still going on. And they're being broadcasted on cable TV, right? Yeah, it's a, it's a, me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure it's the most um, broadcasting they've gotten ever in, in this Paralympics. Yes, on a few cable channels, they're on pretty constantly. And, um, Unfortunately, I'll say that the commercials are only being, there are a lot of really neat disability related commercials and commercials for different brands and different things that have people with disabilities featured in them during the Paralympics. I'd mm. love to see those broadcasted year round mm. every year. I Toyota think did a good job, had a good commercial. Uh, the one thing I, I realized though, with that during some commercials for the Paralympics are commercials for the Olympics, mm-hmm. you know? So I would like to see, you know, during the Olympics, give them that commercial time, but during the Paralympics, say no, <laughs> and to have the Paralympic athletes on commercials. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's something that, you know, needs to be done. To give it all equality. Uh, Definitely getting a lot more recognition now. now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you guys see us being rubbers in it better in Hollywood too? Do you see us in pop culture more now? Movies. I actually watched a 2019 movie with my mom last night that had three individuals with disabilities um, as the main characters. And it was, it was a very, um, it was a very entertaining movie. So there's, there's definitely more representation, uh, I guess, but are the actors that are playing these individuals with disabilities, do they actually have disabilities or are they actors playing people with disabilities is another question. Yeah. I was being a nerd last night watching the third season of Titans on HBO Max and they have a they have a version of Barbara Gordon on her where she's a wheelchair user, and it's what 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 from one of the Batman comics, and the actress is actually Savannah Welch, and she's an amputee and a real life wheelchair user. Oh, nice. So that's cool to see us being represented on something. You know, DC and Marvel is huge right now, mm-hmm. and it's cool to see us being represented in in a powerful way because without giving any spoilers away, if there's any fellow nerds that's going to be watching this, listening to this, uh, it's just cool to see a woman with a disability on a popular show in a, in a um, position of authority. So I'm not giving any, anything too much away. Everyone knows if you're a nerd that there are versions of Barbara Gordon out there in a wheelchair. But this is the best one I have seen in live action. So 
So I uh, always thought that it would be cool if they made a video game with a portion of wheelchair being the main, the main portion. Yeah. Um, that maybe he's a superhero and and his wheelchair does that had guns come out or something or. Uh, or Rockets come out, and he, you know, in the army movie. I always thought that would be a cool idea. I know. I think there. I think Aaron fought. Aaron, Aaron fought to him. The dude, the young dude that does uh, wheelchair uh, motocross used to be called Hardcore Sitting. I think he's in a video game. I, I think it's like a uh, BMX game or a Tony Hawk game that's coming. I, I could be wrong, but I think I saw him in a video game, like in a skateboarding game. But does anyone else have any final thoughts? Well, I'm going to uh, thank my coworkers for joining me for episode one. I think today was a good start. I'm really excited about the 724 Network podcast, and I hope that if you are a person with a disability, you'll find us in be uh, empowered to live an independent life. And if you have questions, you can uh, message us on our uh, Facebook page. We have several social media outlets that you can reach us. You can message the podcast on Anchor. Um, I've been Mike Matthews for the 724 uh, Network Podcast. Until next week, have a great, have a great day. Bye.